are listening to Chugga Talk with Ryan Murphy, a podcast by Pull Across Made Simple. This episode is brought to you by Saucy Farm. Located in Wiggins, Mississippi, they're the premier Australian stock horse stud in North America. Proudly standing are Ballon Down Zorro, Hayden Satellite, and Stonebrook Finno. Ballon Down Zorro has fresh, cooled semen with a live full guarantee. Hayden Satellite and Stonebrook Finno have a limited supply of frozen semen. Ballon Down Zorro offspring have proven time and time again that athleticism, endurance, speed, and intelligence are just a few of the qualities his offspring possess on their way to close to 200 best playing pony awards zorro offspring are also exceptional in hunter jumper and eventing discipline hayden satellite comes from the famous hayden horse stud in australia and is currently proving himself on the polo cross field satellite offspring were awarded best playing horse in international test matches in 2019 and his offspring have now started to make a name for themselves in the jumping arena stonebrook finno is the premier sire in australia for polo cross saucy farm is near and dear to my heart by purchasing our two stallions two years ago karen and charles have carried on the legacy of my family and the hard work that my mother put into bringing the australian stock horses to the united states for the sport of polo cross all four of my horses are a result of that breeding program and you just can't go wrong saucy farm and australian stock horses the breed for every need you can find them on facebook or call 228-263-0930 are you a polo cross related business chuck talk has a truly global audience to learn more about advertising here email me at ryan at polocrossmadesimple.com space is limited on this episode of chuck talk you'll meet my sister aaron smoyer for the sis pod we discuss growing up in the sport together our supportive parents being world cup teammates and much more but first we'll hear from aaron's kids my niece and nephew jillian and colby here on Chuck a Talk, the goal is to shrink the pole across world by connecting people together, and most importantly, to provide education by interviewing players from all over the world. So listen closely and enjoy. It's time for the kids portion of our podcast. My niece Jillian and nephew Colby are here on Chuck a Talk. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? So Jillian, how old are you? I'm 12. Who's your mother? Aaron Smoyer. Colby, how old are you? Seven. Who's your mother? Aaron Smoyer. <laughs> All right, and who's your father? Dan Smoyer. Don Smoyer. All right, so this is my niece and nephew, Colby and Jillian. Welcome to the podcast. So, I hear you guys ride horses. Yes. No. Colby, you don't ride? I mean, I ride, yes. Colby, do you ride horses? Yes. Jillian, tell me about your horse. Uh, my horse's name is Dancer. He's a male, and we're freeleasing him. Well, to us from our neighbor. Okay, Colby, tell me who you ride when you ride. Uh, I ride Dancer. You ride Dancer too? All right, what other horses do you have at the farm? Uh, Playmaker, Raz, Twisty, and Dancer. Oh, so four horses. Yes. Okay, so Jillian, we're going to talk about your recent practice that you had because you just started playing pole across. Mm-hmm. All right, where was your practice? Sugarloaf Club. All right, was it fun? What position did you play? I played number two, um, and we played two chukas, like with 
me on the team. All right, let's give a shout out. Who's on your team? Uh, my mom, Aaron Smoyer, and Ashby. All right. What positions did Mommy and Ashby play? Um, Ashby played number one, and I played number two, and my mom played number three. So th was this your very first Chukka ever? Yes. Ooh, that's awesome. That's a big deal. I started playing when I was nine. Yeah. So, Colby, were you there watching or were you at home? At home. What were you doing while she was at practice? YouTube. What were you watching on YouTube? I have no idea. What do you like to watch on YouTube, Colby? Gaming videos, I guess. Gaming videos? Like Minecraft? Yeah. What about you, Jillian? What do you watch on YouTube? Mm, nothing really. I don't really watch YouTube. I would rather watch, like, TV shows. Let's go back to the polo cross. So Ashby was on your team. Is yes. he now one of your your best friends? Not really. Like I would get to, like to get to know him better. Like and I would like to play with him. He's a cool kid. Yeah. <laughs> He's a young man actually. Let's uh, talk more about this. So do you have friends that play polo cross? Um yes, the shuttles. Uh, Hayden shuttles, Aubrey shuttles, Sammy shuttles, and Gage shuttles. Awesome. And their that's a lot of shuttles. So that's <laughs> Robbie and Heather's kids and Billy and Steph's kids. Yes. Where do they live? They live in Texas. Okay. And didn't you grow up in Texas? Yes, I did. What What year were you born? I was born in 2008. Oh, awesome. When were you born, Colby? 2012. What did you like about playing pole cross, Jillian? Um, I liked how like competitive I got. Um, and I liked getting getting like all up in other people's horses and trying to like get the ball from them uh-huh and i'm not the best at picking up the ball from the ground but i can like get lucky sometimes and just like really get down because i'm not that tall <laughs> right well if you keep practicing you'll get luckier and luckier yeah. all right that's great i heard that you picked up the ball and you passed it in across the line to ashby yeah was that the first goal you ever helped score in your whole life so. That's awesome. When was the last time you saw your mom play polo cross um, besides practice? I last, I'm not sure. Was it last year? No, maybe three years ago. Oh, three she, years ago. She, I remember she played in a tournament. What position does she like to play? Three, because she likes to like block people instead of helping to get score the goal. So what's your favorite thing about Playmaker when you when you watch Playmaker play? She gets very, like, bad sometimes, but with the times, she's, like, not that bad. She she does, like, a really good job with playing. Like, she's really fast, and she knows what she's doing. And, yeah, she knows, like, how to get to the ball. And Colby, when you watch Polo Cross, what, what goes through your mind? I like how they, like, pick up the ball and, like, lean down. Does it look like it's really fast to you? Yes. Do you want to play Polo Cross one day? Like Mommy and Maybe. Sis? Maybe. Okay, that's awesome. Colby, what's your favorite horse? Playmaker. Why? Because she's really nice. And, like, before she eats, she's really, like, picky and she wants to eat. So that's your favorite horse? Mm-hmm. And what other favorite horses do you have? We had another horse that we gave away. He was my favorite horse until we gave him away. What was his name? Satellite. Awesome. What did you like about him? He was really nice, and I got to pet him a lot. Yeah, he's a real sweet horse, huh? So, Jillian, tell me about Dancer. Um, Dancer is very subtle, but he does really canter pretty fast. Like, I think, like, 
when people are watching me, it's not really that fast. But he's actually very subtle, and he doesn't get into trouble. Like, I can just drop my reins, and he will eat grass and just move on. With, like, I'm holding him, but really he's not. Like, he's that type of horse. What's the process that you take when you tack up a horse? Because I saw a video by Sammy Shuttles on how to do it, and I just want to hear how you tack up horses. Um, my... I brush him and I do the fly spray. What really like is hard is doing the saddle. My mom does the saddle because I'm not that strong. <laughs> okay. Um, but for wraps, I kind of get the hint of putting on the, his wraps for practice. Do you do Velcro wraps? Yes. Okay. Does he let you put the bridle on? Yeah, I can. I'm getting there. <laughs> putting on the bit is the hardest part because like he won't open up his mouth yeah his teeth like he hates that thing that's tough so who does the tail um i do the tail Ooh, you like to braid tails yes i don't like braiding tails <laughs> there's something pretty cool about jillian how old were you in 2011 i was three you were three yeah what country did you go to to watch your mommy play in the world cup england what do you remember about that trip I heard you had a friend there. You were playing on the hill. <laughs> yeah, I was playing on a little with a little girl on a hill, and my mom and my dad were watching me, and the little girl's parents came up to my mom and dad and said, you know, you, she doesn't understand what your daughter's saying, and your daughter doesn't understand what my daughter's saying. Oh, right? she's speaking <laughs> a different language? Yeah, she's German. Oh. She's a little German girl. Oh, cool. How's it been dealing with COVID and everything? Not being able to go to school and see your friends it's and go to the mall. <laughs> it's been hard, but I do get more time with riding and stuff. That's good. So I rode every day for a week, which was pretty hard getting up in early in the morning. But it was really nice. And school has been pretty difficult because it real life teacher isn't there to like explain everything and like I can't really ask for help so yeah your mom's a teacher mm -hmm. does she help you at all yes she does especially with my math my math has been getting better um yeah Colby tell me about school how, how have you been handling school online good but I don't like the glitches tell me about the glitches well, it's really annoying because their voice is, like, changing. Like, I don't know, like, the t what the topic is and everything of, like, what they're saying. Did you get any grades? Yeah. I think I got, like, one. Because <laughs> we don't really get grades. Well, you don't get grades. But if you did get grades, would you get good grades? Probably. I heard that you had a class award that was given. What did you get? Class comedian. Why is that? Because I'm really funny. Are you? Stuff. Yeah. Tell us a joke. How do you catch a squirrel? Climb up a tree and act like a nut. <laughs> <laughs> Jillian, tell, do you have any jokes? No. <laughs> I'm not a comedian at all. So. Okay. No. We're getting into the last question for Colby here. He's going to talk to us about how he tacks up a horse. Go ahead, Colby. So I like 
I like taking off like the fly sheet and brushing him and putting on like the fly spray and stuff. And is this Twisty dancer? This is dancer. He just stands there, and I use something to like do his mane and like make it really smooth. Sometimes it's only when I like feel like doing it though. All right, so special guest today. Jeez, it's my sister. It's Aaron, Patricia, Murphy, Smoyer. My sister Erin. This is the Sis Pod, and I've got her on here. It's just awesome to have her on the podcast. Rob is going to talk pole cross and coming up in the sport. But welcome, Erin. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's about time. I know. I like to get big episodes. You know, I like to spread them out. I don't want to just do them all at once. Okay. That I want people to special. anticipate. She's a little bit nervous. She thinks I'm going to embarrass her, ask her very tough questions. She needs we'll to relax. See. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start at the end. Okay. Aaron and I are here in New Hampshire, and like I said, she's visiting. We've been playing polo cross for a long time, roughly 30... 30 years. 30 years. With a six-year hiatus. With a six-year hiatus, we both took a break. We've been playing a long time. We both have stock horses that my mother bred. So that's a legacy that we're carrying forward with our own horses. Very lucky to have those horses. Our father is a veterinarian and he lives near my sister. Our mother, Marilyn, passed away last year. So that's been very difficult, but we're just so glad to be together right now. And we do play polo cross together at tournaments when we can. That's been a really nice thing. I played with her last year. At Sugarloaf with Paul Repenning. Yep. We had a really embarrassing incident where she couldn't pick up a ball. Probably because I was under pressure because you were yelling at me. <laughs> I was like, just walk. It's like it's been 30 years, but she just started playing again and she couldn't pick up a ball. And well, then I was yelling at her. The other player wasn't there. <laughs> so I was probably trotting or cantering and I would have been fine. But you told me to walk. So then, of course, I was going to miss it. I didn't it. trust you. So Exactly. So when we get to the beginning, I'll explain how... She's been my. She's been number one for a long time. I've been the three. She's been the one pretty much her whole lives when we play together. We've been on two World Cup teams together. Yep. 2007, 2011. She was also the reserve for the 2003 World Cup team. Yep, the reserve woman. Yep. She's she's a World Cup player. She uh, is a mother of two. She is. She played last weekend with her daughter, which I'm sure is a dream come true. We're going to kind of go through our lives together in polo cross and how it began. When we started, we were in Pony Club about 1989. We grew up with a mother doing dressage. We yep. had a lot of great trainers around us, warm bloods. Mm-hmm. And Aaron was really doing well. So tell me about all the different things you did growing up. You were more into the other sports than I was. Well, I did Pony Club, and in Pony Club... I did dressage and jumping and eventing. And I was lucky enough, just like now, to have the stock horses, I was lucky enough to have warm bloods that were obviously bred well and good at dressage and jumping. But yeah, I remember when we were, when I was 10, Ryan was nine, because he's 15 months younger than me. I remember coming home from school. I don't know if you remember before that. I remember coming up the driveway and mom had some rackets and balls and she, she had met this lady named Judy Reggio, who was a gym teacher, and I don't remember how they met, but I I know that she recruited her to coach us to learn how to play polo cross in our indoor arena, and it was like in the middle of winter, and she agreed. Yeah, Judy's a, a horse person, so yeah. probably met her through breeding. I'm not sure, but I, that's my f- first memory of polo cross coming right. into our lives. But at that time, I guess I was heavily into well, I got heavily into eventing up until I was about 16. 
Right. She was somewhat of a prodigy, eventing well, young I rider. I to go to the Olympics someday, but polo cross kind of took over because I had a bad fall when I was doing eventing. Right. I always say those eventers, they're a lot crazier than <laughs> we polo cross people. Yeah. Asking the horses to go over those solid fences that they can't see the other side of. In polo cross, at least they want to stay up and they can see where they're going. And, and they can run around the field with their friends. <laughs> yeah. So if it hadn't been for polo cross, I wouldn't be riding like I do now. I wouldn't be interested in horses as much. Yep, that's probably true. We grew up on a big farm, father veterinarian, mother uh, breeding warm bloods. It was a big playground for us. We had access to a lot of great horses. Because we were near the track, we had a lot of track horses. So when polo cross started, we were uh, looking around to find a polo cross horse. We actually met through finding my first polo cross horse. His name was Big Al. We met Jesse Reed, who is now Jesse Spark. Yep. And she she lives in Australia now uh, due to the fact that she learned about polo cross through the Murphys. And now she wouldn't have her husband and her daughter because she met him through polo cross in Western Australia. So it's interesting how one thing that we did, just meeting her through getting that pony, really changed her life. Right. And I've heard a lot of those stories since mom passed away of people saying how much she's changed their lives yeah mom was so dedicated to the horses she just wanted to help in any way that she could and a lot of times helping with breeding horses just ended up helping people take pull across across the country to play kids went with us on trips because we had the farm because we had the field because my father was also very dedicated and supportive they were able to help a lot of people, yep. not just get us going. So, yeah, shout out to Jesse Spark. She really did change our lives, too. She's such a fun, awesome person. I mean, she's always... She's very care- you know, She's very thoughtful. Very thoughtful. Right. Yep, yep. And creative. Very creative. Gosh, we've had just had so many fun times with Jesse. But think of, about all the people that we've met. Right. Polo across, across the world, across the country. Amazing. So that was about 1989. That was a long time ago. We were in Pony Club. We got introduced to Polo Cross. We were fortunate to go to festival and be an exhibition sport. I remember traveling out west. We started playing in New Jersey, New York with a club's called Borderland and Warwick. Yep. Then eventually it was time to head west and play some new people. So tell us about that. I remember going out there and the first time we went out there, I borrowed a horse from Norm Clayson. It was a really nice horse and it was probably the first horse that was at an upper level where I could play at upper level and feel comfortable doing that. And, you know, it was due to the horse, the horse's ability. We went to our first nationals. That was in During, no, 1996 in Aspen at, at Mike Underwood's old place. We won B grade in yeah, 1996. Yeah, we did. We won B grade. We played Thanks. with the Franks. We played with Jerry Grimm and his son. Yes. Oh, yeah. Jerry. Yeah. And I remember we had graphite rackets. <laughs> well, I remember Cameron Frank was, he's like, I love these things because you can go in, you can swing hard and knock people's rackets out of their, their hands. Yeah. Back in the day, all those, those graphite rackets. That was the in thing back then. Apparently, Aaron's current racket hasn't really made it past the 90s. I think... I think I used this racket in both World Cups. So her racket is at least as old as 2007. There have been a lot of upgrades with rackets since then. So it's like a very small head, plastic Bennett. Not a Bennett. Not a Bennett. Conley. Conley, yep. Yep, plastic Conley. Does the job, though. (laughs) Except when you tell me to walk. When you say it does the job, does that mean it comes out when you try an overarm or it's not easily hit hit, hit out by other people's rackets? 
I don't know if there's the perfect racket that does everything right. I know, but I just don't think it's deep enough. I don't think you can keep the ball in there like you can with a normal racket. Maybe. <laughs> I know another guy named Paul Repenning, and he's he was in denial for a long time about his old, small-headed, plastic racket. And he was just unwilling to change. And I finally convinced him. I'm trying to change, pull across one player at a time. You and Raul decide. Yep. He texts me every time I put a picture up that has anything but a bomber, a bomber. racket on it. So shout out to Raul. Within five Push, minutes. Pushing the text. bomber rackets here in the States. <laughs> I've found with rackets that uh, used to be that the rackets that would be sent to the U.S. were just not meant for advanced players. The shafts were flimsier. The nets weren't were a little bit shallower. So balls would just fly out of them. And as our sport progressed here and players got better, the demand got higher for a better racket. I used to really not support plastic-headed rackets or the bigger the bigger-headed rackets, and I would use a Milner, and that was just old faithful for me. For me. But since then... We used then, to call them square heads. Yeah, square heads, yep. Called a square head now? I don't know. They'd just be called What's a racket. What's the lingo? They'd just call them a racket. We went out west several times. Yep. And then, well, New South Wales sent a team over, I think the following year. Would have been 98. But we weren't involved in that. Were you involved in that? I played against Orphan Ranch. Remember, Robbie tells a story that I didn't know how to do my own polo wrap. Yeah, you played against New South Wales? At Orphan Ranch. Okay. That was the Hayden Turnbull, Lance Anderson year. Remember that? That is when you started, well, your involvement in Orphan Ranch is when you... And you took a trip to Australia. That's when you started actually get becoming a better player than was because it? prior to that I was better. So that's a little bit of a controversy. She thinks it took me that long to get better than her, and I think it was when she moved on from Little Honeycomb, who was a much better pony. Okay, well at least she w- she's willing to admit. I mean, one of my you quest- should admit that I was better than you at one point. You were better than me at one point just because you were older and you could ride better. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Much better rider. She's still a better rider than me. I was gonna say since then, what's it been? like living in my shadow <laughs> have you ever felt like that I, at all i don't think i've ever felt like i was in your shadow well i mean you're definitely more popular than i am I because just, you coach a lot of people a lot of kids so that's I good don't know. i'm just glad there's no animosity <laughs> no pull across to you has been a little bit more relaxed and you've enjoyed it right well I, I mean especially now now i just i play for fun i mean i'm still competitive i can't not be competitive right but yeah I'm not as gung-ho as I used to be. Tell us about some of the great horses that you've played in your 30 years. Well, I started with Honeycomb. I had Red Dog. Well, we had Surf. Mm -hmm. Surf was a gray thoroughbred that we bought from Sissy Spacek, who is an actress. She played polo or her boyfriend played polo or something like that. But I remember that that was pretty cool that we got him from a celebrity. Surf became a celebrity himself, pretty much. And I remember, like, so many people got to ride him over the years. And the thing that I remember most about him is, as a one, he would go to the top of the D, do a spin, and point you right at the goal. And if you didn't shoot, his ears went straight back. Because he gave you the opportunity to shoot, and you weren't ready to shoot. So you made him go back out again, and waste energy after he set you up perfectly i don't remember him yeah i remember him doing it with me but i especially remember other people it was funny to watch we called him murph on surf because my dad played him for a little while when we were done with him i remember one time we're riding down the field and surf's trying to bite the ball out of pop's racket pop was really mad about that (laughs) i remember one time we were practicing and you will remember this mom would always tack up his horse she'd always tack up ryan's horse too because no she didn't yes she did people used to make fun of you because you wore gloves and all that 
but you, your mom also tacked up your horse. Anyways, mom tacked up my dad's horse and she put an English saddle on it. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe because we didn't have any more stock saddles. So he went out and shortly after, he leaned down to pick up his first ball and he fell off and got up and he's like, I don't know why I just fell off. I don't know why I just fell off. Why did I just fall off? And then somebody said, you're, you're in an English saddle. <laughs> he was so mad. He's like, why would she put an English saddle on? But he didn't know the difference, obviously. <laughs> Because he, he didn't wasn't say paying anything. attention. Yeah, he didn't say anything before that. Let me say, I feel like I tacked up my horses more than Aaron saying I did, and I feel like when I got on, I knew what I was riding. I had a little bit more awareness than my dad. Oh yeah. Yeah. One time, Pop was getting off his Aussie saddle, and his belly got caught on the knee roll, and he got a big bruise on his stomach. Oh yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah, it was fun. Um, my dad playing pole cross was huge for us at the time, really kept us playing. He would mow the fields there at Penn National and uh, super committed, uh, even though he was full-time veterinarian, very committed to the family. That was surf. Okay, surf. Any other I, non-stock horses? Well, before? I said red dog. Red dog was an appendix, quarter horse. He was good, except somebody had borrowed him or something. I remember Amy Keith in practice her knee somehow went up under his tail and he kicked. And ever since then, he was a kicker. So we had to sell him because he got goosed one time and then he was done. That's a rare thing. <laughs> That's a rare thing for a horse to get goosed and then stop playing bull cross. Yep. We had another one named Irish Stout. There's an alcohol theme here. <laughs> Red Dog's a beer. Murphy's Irish Stout. Then come the stock horses. We had a couple good ones there. My best horse, Keystone Top Gun, also known as Gunner. He's 15. Aaron had a horse named Sweetheart, who we lost three years ago, out of Winona Amy by Ballandown Zorro. They were the first embryo transfer that mom ever did. She bred Winona Amy Tazaro. She ended up getting two fertilized eggs and she put them into two different mares and one had Sweetheart and one had Top Gun and the funny thing is those were our best horses and they were one of the first horses that she bred. Right. But they were the ones that we kept. That was like the best combination. And then there was one other one which uh, Angelita who ended up having a permanent lameness so she ended up being a broodmare. Right. And Kelly Campbell owns her still. Aaron had another horse named Model. So Model was shipped directly over from Australia. Barnett yep. horse. Yep, Barnett's Model. That was Aaron's good playing horse for a long time. Yep, played her a long time. In full when she came over to Kirkby Stud Theo, she ended up having, well, the full's name was Keystone First Lady. We called her Maggie. I ended up playing Maggie and Model. They were my string of two horses that I used to prepare for the 2011 World Cup. I definitely think having those nice horses really helped get me on the team right because that's I mean, an important part making right. sure that you have two good playing horses right so you, it allows you to show off what you can do because if you have a horse that's subpar and you're trying to show yourself off and you can't get to the ball you can show your riding skills that can overcome that because you need good riding skills to go to the world cup you need a horse that's underneath you that's gonna really allow you to, to show what you can do we were lucky because we had that ability to do that. Yep. But we also put a lot of time and effort into the horses too, practicing and training. And in 2011, you were living in Texas. When did you move there? We moved there in 2004. I have a funny story. I'm sure you remember this. It's about time. Well, this was prior to Dan and I getting married. Dan's cousin got married and she has nothing to do with horses or polo cross. But she got married. She and her husband went out to Colorado for their honeymoon. They just happened to take a carriage ride up this mountain. Her husband, my, Dan's cousin's husband, was um, an English 
guy. The driver also had an accent, so they got to talking, where are you from, where are you from? Somehow, she mentioned polo cross. She said, I play polo cross. And Dan's cousin said, really? She said, my cousin's girlfriend plays polo cross. She's like, oh, what's her name? She said, Erin Murphy. And she said, you mean Erin Murphy? Yeah, I know Erin Murphy. And she's like, yep. And she said, do you know Dan Smoyer? And she's like, yeah, I know Dan Smoyer. Isn't that a small world story? Yeah. That Ren was their driver, drove them up this mountain, and they happened yeah. to mention polo cross. Jeez. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it is a small world. We had a blast. Erin and I were on a uh, UK team in 1996. That was, was our fun. first trip abroad, playing polo cross. That was a lot of fun. Yep, we were kind of on our own. We had some some great host families yeah we did who did we you had... stay with i stayed with the simkin Tom. Oh, i played with multiple i stayed with multiple people we went to the camp what's the camp they do the midlands the camp midlands camp yep. and i remember years later dan and i went back there for the, for the camp well I, I think i was i was in the camp and he wasn't but we traveled over there just for that week-long camp and then we toured around the shearings hosted you they're just phenomenal yes. family and we stayed in the moat house the infamous moat house where yep. all the bodies are buried <laughs> from drowning you did all the touring i remember you went on a tour when you went to australia what year was that 98 was, was the it first 98? team the intermediate team okay i remember when you left for australia your voice was very childish high pitched and i remember you coming back and we were out of practice and i remember you like started talking and you had this low mature voice so i remember that day i remember we were at bowman practice and i was huh. like whoa what happened to you yeah you grew up during that trip maybe i did you had a lot of fun on that trip didn't you yeah, too much fun. <laughs> made you into a man. <laughs> <laughs> no, Robbie Shuttles made me into a man, and Danny Bird made me into a man. That was 1998 okay. yeah, when I started playing eighth grade. Yeah, yeah you're that right. That was the year. That was the year you became a man. Yep. You took a, your gloves off. It's a com coming of age story. <laughs> a boy who became a man <laughs> in at age 17. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah, that was just such a fun, fun time. Erin went to college. She has a master's. She really was the academic of the family. She studied a lot more. She was a little less social than I was. Mm -hmm. You could say she was more like my mom and I was more like my father. Yep. I was a B-plus student, doing pretty well, but didn't overextend myself for academics and here she was getting a master's from rochester institute of technology the highest level of chemistry math physics i mean shooting eggs with bullets and stuff like that high Just speed doing... photography yep yeah, that's cool yep erin got busy with academics and, and a career so that's what she was doing this whole time then she started a family comes 2007 and she makes the commitment has these horses going she makes the World Cup team, and she's on the team with me. Yep. I was with True Blood, Strider, Robbie. Wendy, Renee Thompson, yep. and Catherine. Aaron makes big commitment, plays in the World Cup in 2007. So what, what was that experience like? Um, well, we came in seventh place. Had Joy as a coach, and Ryan mentioned in, in another, you know, I think in her podcast that she really helped us learn strategies. Like, we would just run around the field trying to get the ball down the field with no strategy. So we learned a lot of strategy from her. And I remember at the World Cup, you know, she knew a lot of the horse owners, so she would know the horses. So that was really a step up for us. She knew a lot about the horses. So I love that. I think our men were great. I, I feel like it was my first World Cup. And I remember I played against Australia. And I remember I scored. I know I scored one goal because I had a free shot on goal. <laughs> at this at the circle when I played the one and I remember Robbie's you know when they did the interviews after I remember him saying that for my first world cup I did good because I was the only girl that hadn't played in a world cup before it was my first one I feel like the women I don't feel like we were a team as much as we were in the 2011 world cup I don't feel like we functioned as a team I think some people weren't as focused as others I think some were 
more focused on having fun or spending time with their family like on a vacation and I don't think they were very serious about the World Cup. Not that we didn't have fun and we didn't get along. I just don't feel like we were a great team. And any World Cup for an American player is going to be a shock to the system just because it's it's a level we're not used to. So I'm sure that was a very nerve-wracking shot at goal that you had. Anything was just definitely nerve-wracking. Yeah. We got to ride some phenomenal horses. Do you remember any of the horses' names from that one? I don't remember. I don't remember any of the names. I just remember I rode a mare. She was purebred stock horse. She kind of reminds me of Sweetheart. She was black and little. And because this would have been, well, this was 2007. So we would have had our stock horses. But I remember she had, she kept spiking a fever throughout the World Cup. So we had to keep monitoring her. And um, so she she never really played up to her ability. She kind of lacked some energy, I think, because of, because she was not fully healthy but that's what I remember the most is playing that mare I remember a couple I can picture a couple of the other horses because I remember oh I remember there was a I fell off in the world that world cup (laughs) it wasn't a stock horse I think a thoroughbred and he was just a big thoroughbred and he kind of spun out from under me and I remember I had the ball and he spun and I fell off and it's on it's on video it's on like a blooper video somewhere on on YouTube that Seth Alcott put out so I remember Wendy falling off once or twice maybe in the same chucka (laughs) she fell off or in the same game i don't know what was your highlight of well, that world cup i remember 2003 i played a horse named zach offered by bradley cooper brad cooper not the actor big black awesome horse 2007 blake from kent wells that's the horse i played what an awesome horse oh my gosh it was a black horse with a blaze really nice horse really lucky to play it i remember how down and out we were after the, you know that seventh place game i mean yeah. we got seventh but i'm glad that i did the world cup again i'm glad i had a second chance a do-over right, right. because I've told the team recently because we, we were all in a group text like one of the best experiences of my life 2011 world so cup. fast forward 2011 world cup the U.S. team gets fourth place only top four finish of any world cup yep we were the only top four we had Jane Marriott as our coach like what Joy did we needed it we needed to learn the strategy by the time we, we had Jane she knew that we knew those strategies at that point and I think that her main the thing that she did to help me or us is she just grew our confidence toughness she well she toughened us but she like made us feel confident like we could really do well at the world cup because she knew all the other teams she knew all the other players she knew who we were up against and she knew that we could could do pretty well and so i feel like that and we practiced like right before the world cup like right before we left remember we would practice as a team like the weekend before the world cup so we went over there and we were ready to play as a team that first game we played against uk in the rain that was definitely the highlight that and we beat ireland remember in overtime Mm. and it was me and rachel and and dory we were the the section that that won that that winning point those were the two main highlights i remember as a team we were like smushed in the van and have those wins we would be singing and it was just so much fun and definitely something that i'll never forget for sure yeah that world cup was a ton of fun the fields were tough they were kind of dry and not not the perfect thing but just being there and the experience they didn't um, they didn't have the crowds like australia has for right sure 
But the UK, they had awesome, they really had good horses that we yeah. played. They really brought it the best they could. Fun experience. So that was a 2011 World Cup. Since then, have there been any highlights for you in polo cross? Well, not really, because I pretty much took six, six years off. Because I had, well, Jillian was three. I had gotten laid off of my job for, well, a couple years before the World Cup. So the nice thing about that was I had a lot of free time to prepare. The bad thing was we didn't have much money to, to spend on that kind of stuff. Just finding a job was my priority. We had Colby in 2012 prioritizing family and kids and getting a job and we moved back to Pennsylvania we were living in Texas moved back to Pennsylvania now I'm a math teacher which is something I never thought I would do when I was in high school wasn't even on my radar doing a second master's degree I'm halfway done with that been busy but good stuff I feel like life is you know never slows down and so I'm kind of grateful for COVID and in a way that it's slowed our lives down got to spend more time with the kids and not having running around like crazy all the time because you got to play polo cross I got yep I'm getting yep I'm getting to ride the horses more and I have playmaker who's eight she's model crossed with satellite we crossed her with Zaro so I have now a two-year-old Colt who's a pure bread stock course i have him to work with and then we have a pony that i'm trying jillian has dancer for to learn on but we have another pony that needs some consistent riding so that she can use him eventually to play what are your goals with polo cross now i mean are there any if i can get jillian to play and maybe colby eventually it would be awesome to just play as a family polo cross is all about family and friends and the people that you meet who are your ride or dies right now that you spend time with even though life's kind of taken over and you're not as heavily into polo cross when we lived in texas we really became close to the shuttles well robbie and heather billy and steph got married while we lived down there and they came and lived with us for a little while steph is six years younger than i am we've been best friends for a long time we always just talk on the phone talk about what's going on three words to describe steph shuttle mature mature that means she's getting for her old? age no she's mature Mature for her age. Okay. Yeah, she's always been very mature for her age. Like, you wouldn't think that she's 34. Right. And when she was 18, you wouldn't have thought she was 18. You would have thought she was, like, 25. We'll give her that. Okay. And compared to Billy, I mean, anyone's mature compared to Billy. (laughs) Second word to describe Stephanie Shuttles. Loyal. Basically, like, do anything that I would need. Like, she's accommodating. She'd bury a body for you? Huh? She'd bury a body for you? (laughs) She probably would, yeah. So, I don't know. She's accommodating? That doesn't sound very positive, but I would say that she's, like, always there for me if I need something. So, you're saying she's caring? She's caring, yes. Okay. Why do I have to say it in one word? She's easy to talk to. Something I admire about Steph, just how tough she is. She's a hard woman. Hard is the word. Okay. She's, like, someone that would chew on nails or, like, you wouldn't want to mess with. She is tough. Yeah. She does not put up with any crap. And again, she has to deal with Billy, unfortunately. But she's, yeah, she's a really tough, strong, hard woman. Yeah, that's my, that's how I describe it. So if we her. ever got in a bar fight, she would have my back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So the shows are a big uh, connection for you guys, yes. both you and Dan. I really wish that, I, I always tell Steph, I played in the 2019 World Cup. I wish that we could have played on the same team. You know, the timing wasn't there. When the timing was there for me, it wasn't there for her. I really wish that we could have been on the same team. That will never happen. Never say never. Is there anyone else that you're really close to in polo cross? I'd say Jessie was probably one of your yeah, best like connected she's, friends. Yeah, like she's really good. I mean, she, of all, if you think about Jessie, like she has so many friends all over the world. But yet, like she'll, she'll reach out to me every once in a while and just be like, how you doing? You know, she's very... 
Like I said, she's very thoughtful. So pre-shuttles, Jesse might have been your ride or die. Well, we used to do a vetting together, Jesse and I, for, when we were both in Pony Club, because we were both in Pony Club. There's pictures of her. We did a vetting. We competed against each other and things like that. But we were pretty close with the Vennies at one point. They used to come over. Remember, you, Joey, would, you guys would play paintball out yeah. in the field. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Even though they were younger than us. We would we'd all hang out and have a have a good time. And Allie, she was always the the fastest drinker. Remember, she oh, could she, can o- she could open her throat, yep. and just pour it down. Allie and Hannah fun. can do it now. I think. I think I'm she sure. she definitely it's knows how to lines. do it. So yeah, fun times with they them. They live fairly close to us when we were playing with Keystone. Yes. Club members of ours, and they now live in Texas too. Yeah. They followed down and Lone Star Club members. Yeah, I feel like we should get more credit for all these Texas players. But yeah, we don't. it's true. Because Steph and Billy followed us, Dan and I down. I don't take too much credit for Strider, but I'm kind of one of his mentors, and he moved down there. I don't ta- <laughs> I definitely won't take credit for Dory, but I did get to play with her in a World Cup. She was on that 2011 World Cup team. She married Daniel Johnson and moved down there. Not just Texas, but she, they lived in Louisiana. There's been a lot of players that have left. When you're watching polo cross, what's one of your biggest pet peeves? I mean, what bothers you when you're out there? I would say probably the younger players, they see all these, let's say C grade. They see all these A graders flying down the field, and that's all they see. They don't watch them and see, oh, this person is checking up and going this way to avoid the ball. They just they just see the going fast down the field. And so that's what they mimic, you know, in C grade. So I think makes it kind of dangerous at that level. I've heard people complain, you know, C grade's scarier than A grade because they go faster than what their skills and their riding skills. I would say that would be one. So just flying around without a purpose. Right. So there's a lot of bad coaches out there, probably. A lot of bad club leaders. Well, you know, they're kids. Usually usually they're kids, so they want to go fast and they want to show off. You know, I can fly down the field and bounce it and trap it and shoot it, but that's like 10% of the time. So I feel like they need to, how do you tell them to slow down when they're kids? I remember you, when you were little, you would throw the ball against the door. And we had a door that would go up to the steps upstairs. And Ryan would throw the ball against that thing all day long. Or as soon as he got home from school, he'd probably do it to avoid homework, right? Bang it against the door and throw it against the door and throw it against the door. And I never did any of that. That's probably when you started becoming better than me. I think it is. I think that definitely attributed because you were way more dedicated. Well, you were distracted because you were doing eventing, so it wasn't your only thing. Right. Well, that's true. It became my only thing. Plus, school was a priority. But I know you tell kids all the time, coaching them, that they should have their rackets all day long, using your racket, the ball, improving hand-eye coordination. I guess another thing that bothers me, I guess, in general as a country, are lineup skills. Lineups, you know, we practice so much getting the ball down the field. We've recognized at the highest level that our lineup skills are subpar to a lot of other countries. That's really where the game starts. Kind of boring, I know, to work on lineups all the time. But if you can be the player that's good in the lineup, you're golden to that team. Right. In a way, it's glorified as well because if you're grabbing the ball in the lineup or going out the back and getting the ball first, you know, you're going to be recognized for that. So you know how you say that the number three isn't really a glory position or the number two. The one gets all the glory, but I think if you're the player that's in the lineup getting that ball, you're going to be golden. I'll go to, you know, Sugarloaf practice. They work on lineups a lot in their practice, and it's good for the horses at some level. You know, you can't can't blow their brains, you know, blow their minds because you're doing lineups constantly. As a country, that's what we need to work on the most. We're going to be contenders at the next World Cup. But how we do that, I don't know. I think the way we do that is we play against the toughest players we can play against, whether it be here or abroad. We challenge ourselves in that way. Yeah, but it takes practice. It's practice. And we have the right leadership. If you heard the Joy Pool podcast... 
The horses have a lot to do with lineouts. I mean, those horses were getting people to the ball. As soon as it went in, their horses... I mean, she gave yeah, that example of Daryl Smith, whose horse would go to the ball, whether yeah. he was even thinking about it. Having a horse that gets into the lineup correctly, knows how to get out of the lineup, knows how to get you to the ball, that's a big part of it. I think we might be falling short there as well. Pull across has been a huge part of your life. You've met a lot of great people. You've had some glory moments. You've been just fortunate to have ride some of the best horses that this country has ever seen and play with some of the best players. Let's talk about mom. What are some words that you would use to describe mom? I would say that she was soft-spoken, but yet very impactful in a lot of ways. Like I mentioned before, she made a difference in a lot of people's lives. She was always very accommodating and didn't want to just help her kids. She would take other kids on trips or in more ways than I would have realized back then when we were young. Right. You know, now looking back, all the people's lives that she's impacted in some way, even though she wasn't a very outgoing person, she made a lot of things happen. When I think about mom, I I feel like she videoed almost every game I ever played in off the back of the truck. Yeah, extremely supportive. Supportive, dedicated, would drive us across the country. Tacked up, helped me tack up my horse, but I figure it wasn't just me being lazy. It was maybe I was umpiring and maybe she just wanted to be involved and that's the way that she showed it. So why should I stop her from that? I think it was a balance, Robbie, between I was just busy and she wanted to help me tack up my horse. She was just super dedicated and she would do anything for us. Mom was also very embarrassing because she didn't really care what other people thought to a normal person you think mom what are you doing you know yeah, she would embarrass us she she would ask things yeah people have a bunch of stories about her driving if she was following you down the road she would run a red light to, to stay with you mom was just very you know just determined yeah. very determined person i would say like if you brought something up to her the stock horses like you came back from australia and you're like mom you know i got to ride these awesome stock horses i don't know how, whose idea it was to import them but definitely put that in her head and then she just gets something in her head and she would just go with it <laughs> well <laughs> until la- the end well later until it was complete right and later in life she would i'd be talking to her on the phone and every time i talked to her she had to tell me the whole list of things going on in her life and she would end up repeating things every call would be like about the same thing whatever was going on she had to go through that whole list talk about all the things that are going on well sometimes things would go on for a long time right so she'd have to repeat herself until it yeah she just wanted to talk she wanted to like to tell you what was going on and um she was just so so dedicated so we were just very fortunate to have her as a mother and yes uh, i don't know how she ran us everywhere across the country because i i just don't have time to be you know even if jillian were in polo cross right now full board mom would be taking us to texas or colorado you know can't see myself finding the time for all that so maybe in the future but you know she really really did a lot and as a mom i can it's uh humbling so let's talk about our father he's embarrassing in a different way (laughs) he is a party boy he's gonna die partying right so there was this uh nationals in carolina at the horse park several years ago he had a little too much fun one night and the next morning Britt loveless said to him john when are you gonna grow up and he said never yeah his motto now is life's a party just life's a party yeah so yeah nothing is ever too serious as long as you like to have fun and you like to party he's your best friend he's a veterinarian that drives around and bs's with people all day so he enjoys that type of lifestyle but he's very successful at his job he's been very successful for a long time so he's definitely very he takes that very seriously 
Right. Take the movie Animal House, which is a crazy fraternity movie from the, like the 80s, and you combine it with a veterinarian degree. It just means that Pop is a he's a crazy party genius. <laughs> For him yeah. to get through vet school, yeah, he's very intelligent in that way. Yes. Like I said, he's very supportive. He's traveled to watch World Cups, be a part of some of the biggest things that we've been involved with in polo cross. Even though he had a full-time job and earning the dough to help support us, he made the time to come and and be on some of these trips with us. He even got some of my friends, uh, our friends, involved, and they went with him. We call him his handlers, John Ryan and Greg. uh, Greg was was one of his handlers. Greg Holtzman. Yeah, Greg Holtzman. Remember when we were younger, even he took us places. He worked seven days a week, but he took us skiing like two or three days a week. Or he'd take us to baseball games. But he'd always have somebody drive us <laughs> so he could right. drink and have fun. And we'd have a, a designated driver to take us home. He wanted his kids to be happy. He He's not the type of guy that would ever... Speak ill of anyone. Speak ill of anyone. Or be dramatic. even yell at... Like he never grounded us. Mom would ground us. Or something or send us to our room and then five minutes later he'd come up and apologize for her <laughs> he'd be like i'm sorry that she sent you up to your room so if mom didn't he, spank us we, yeah we'd he, be much worse he disagreed with punishment with any type of punishment he, he didn't like yes negativity man. at all yeah he was the yes man i think that's rubbed off on me though and as a teacher i think that i can really appreciate that trait and i'm sure i've gotten gotten being a positive teacher or role model as his son, I had to chart my own path because he had me chugging bottles of beer without my hands and just being center of attention. That was him. He used so. to drink chili beer. Yep. I remember one day I came home. He had chili beer mixed with a chili tequila. And he's like, you got to try this. You got to try this. You got to try this. And I didn't even like hot stuff. Right. And I remember trying that. Ooh. Well, and to please my father, I mean... I- I was like a circus clown. I remember chugging a chili beer without my hands, and I had to keep my tongue in the neck of the bottle so that the chili wouldn't choke me and kill me. Right. I was always trying to impress my father with my abilities, <laughs> so I, I hope I, I hope I made him proud in that regard. But he's uh, he's gonna turn 76 this year, right? And he's still working at the racetrack. He's trying to cut back, but there's really nobody, no other vets kind of following in his footsteps. So they're gonna have a rude awakening when he retires but he loves being there every day he loves he loves going there every day so he's gonna probably cut down to like part-time you know and try to not be as so busy because at this age it's not fair to him to be really well, busy. and here's a guy who's a workaholic he's traveled the world he's taken us around the world he's encouraged us to travel do everything we can and have fun while we can before life kind of takes over so we're just very fortunate in that regard he encouraged our friends to make the best of things and, and travel while they could which i think is yeah. influenced their like, lives even cody gosh who's you know one of his best friends now he really supported him a lot when he went to the 2003 world financially right. even I, th- right. I think he really helped cody because he knew cody had talent and really wanted to cody go was dedicated and, and funds weren't there and he didn't want that to be the reason why he couldn't go and play you gotta enjoy life money shouldn't be an issue and he's always thought that way work hard play hard work hard play hard why save up all this money if you're use the money while you're alive you know don't keep it and then you're gone and you can't spend it so right. he definitely yeah had that kind of mentality throughout his life it's basically made it so that aaron and i are just more relaxed about things we don't get too stressed about things we kind of see that broader picture in life that it's fun and people are inherently good and you are good to people
I think that was one of the traits that mom and pop taught us was just how to treat people. Yeah. One day I'll get pop on the podcast. It'll probably be after a few drinks. <laughs> That'll be interesting. But if he'll actually do it. We wouldn't be here if my dad wasn't a vet. Because my mom met him working in Vermont at a racetrack. I'm sure she's thinking, ooh, I'm a horse person. I can get some free veterinary care. <laughs> Several years passed. Say he was never getting married. Then he got married. Then they moved to Pennsylvania. And that's when they conceived their first child, Aaron. So pretty important that my dad's a veterinarian. because We wouldn't be here if not. Correct. They were such an influence on our pull across careers and who we are today. He wants to, my our dad wants to get back into riding. Two knee replacements, yep. one a year in the last two years. He's keen on riding again and playing with with the kids with Jillian and Colby. So that's pretty cool. That would be a cool picture when that happened because for a long time his knees were bone on bone. He could he was having a hard time walking and a lot of pain. He stopped riding several years ago. The problem is that, that dancer this dancer pony is such a gem that Colby and Jillian and and him will all be fighting over him. Growing up with me and Polo Cross and looking at my Polo Cross career, what was the biggest disappointment for you? Did you ever look in, at... In your Polo Cross career? Yeah. When you look at me and Polo Cross and growing up and playing, there's something about me that you were just like disappointed in or a moment. Well, I mean, I think back in the day, used to... Dan and I used to... You know, Dan played some polo cross. So we used to go to tournaments together and we would play together and have a few drinks here and there. But I think that you kind of took it a little too far at times. You no, know, everybody was doing it. Everybody was partying hard, and it was the cool thing to do. And they still do it now. I've never been a party girl, I guess. You know, I like to have fun and relax and have a drink or two. But I think that, I don't think that it ruined anything about you. I, I feel like back then you were just having fun. I mean, you were young. That was what people did. I don't know. Well, Mom said that one of her disappointments was that I, when I partied too much, even as an older person, as a young adult, that... I wasn't setting a good example. Yeah, and I wasn't playing true. to my maximum potential. It led to me writing this chapter in my book called To Party or Not to Party in my book Champion. And you can figure out the answer to that. I think it just comes down to your priority. Is your priority driving all the way to a polo cross tournament and playing good polo cross? Or is your priority socializing and having fun? So maybe right. some people have you know, one as a priority or, one or the other as priority. I don't think you can mix both right i don't think you can play to your max potential and drink a lot friday night or saturday night where you're up all night partying you know there's nothing against that but i think you got to kind of prioritize one or the other and like you said you know there's so many young kids the apa is a lot more strict with the rules on that kind of stuff you see these kids seeing what you're doing you know they're more likely to do it i mean australia does it too you know you go to a tournament there and they're partying and playing the next morning but are they playing to their full potential one to ten ten being the most likely where would you say my odds are at to make the next world <laughs> cup team oof because it's several years away i'm old i want to have kids i don't have a pull across club because i'm 10 hours from the closest club so if 10 is very likely there's all these kids coming up playing really well super confident remember this is going to be in the library well, this episode for a I long guess time I, wor I worry that i definitely think you're in the top six men in the country if if they pick four your odds of making the team are pretty darn good but i worry that you know because you want to have kids you know when i 
When I did the 2011 World Cup, I had Jillian after the, well, I had Jillian after 2007, before 2011. So she was three at that point. And all that preparation for the 2011 World Cup, I had her and she was young. And I know a lot of parents can relate to that, that had young kids. I know Jane and you know, Heather, Heather and Robbie had Aubrey. Sarah popped out a kid and then right. went to World yeah, Cup. Right, yeah, Sarah, Raul. So it's not easy for sure. And I know it puts a strain on that part of your life. There's no way it can't. So you know? no, knowing the players that are out there, I worry that I worry that if you spend, I think your odds of making the team are pretty good. One to ten. But if you don't make it, I worry that you, all that time that you've spent was away from your family, even though you would drag your family with you. I don't know. I just feel like so one to ten. What <laughs> are your the odds of you knowing the players it? that are out there? Well, I know you would dedicate. You but would you don't be even dedicated. Know, you don't even know if that I've dedicated right now. Mm, I would say an eight. An eight. So that's a lot of confidence coming from Big Sis over there. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate the confidence. It's going to take a village. I mean, Robbie made the last world. Right. And he's old. Right. And he's got bad knees. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, Robbie is super. His dedication is horsemanship. Right. You know, he's, he has a club right down the road you don't have, so. Yeah. But, yeah. I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a long, hard road for you. It would be the hard. Yeah. If anyone, if I make the team, I'm going to, I will have had to work the hardest. Yes. But. I, of anyone. I think it's doable. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> Your right. wife is supportive, so that helps. That a lot. helps. Yes. You're very supportive. I appreciate you, Aaron, for being on the podcast. This won't be your first time. Hopefully, you and I can roast some people at some point, have a lot of fun with it. Hopefully, maybe you can get involved when Pop comes on the podcast. You can show them how to use Zoom. We've been playing for a long time. I mean, it was a pinnacle in our careers to be able to play together on World Cup teams. Yep. You've overcome a lot, you know, life hitting you in many different directions you overcame and you made the world cup team and i'm very proud of you for that you've always kept a real positive attitude you've represented our family very well very honorably it's just made it easy to be your younger brother so i'm just very proud of you and happy that you're my sister i look at you and i see a lot of our parents in us obviously yeah. So we, we owe a huge debt to them. Yeah, I think I think Colby is very much like our father. He's like Dan in that he's a comedian, but he's also, he likes to clean and organize. He, say he, he be destroys an everything. Designer. Pop destroys a lot he of things. He destroys all vehicles all the time. We were talking about that the other day. Colby is very much his grandfather's grandson. Last word here. How would you describe Paul Repenting, who's our teammate? We'll be playing with him at Sugarloaf. I got Aaron out of retirement last year to play with me and Paul. That was a lot of fun. So how would you describe him as a player? Let's start. Paul is very laid back, yet effective. Yet erratic. What do you mean by erratic? You don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> well, he yeah, but there's times where he, he surprises you in right. what he does. So I guess that's where you get erratic from. Yeah. He's just very level-headed. He doesn't ever get hot-headed. I think the last tournament I got a little bit hot-headed off the field. And he's like, Aaron, you know, we don't need to go there. He kind of levels, balances you out. Yeah. yeah. But, he, yeah, he's he's a good, solid pl player. That It's fun to play with someone that doesn't take it too seriously. Right. He doesn't take it seriously. You're right. Yeah. yeah that's where we're at. And we can be as competitive as we want. And he'll just play along with us. And we have fun. And we get along off the field. And sometimes Paul's a little hard on himself. But right. I think we keep him motivated. Right to play his best yeah so that's been a lot of fun six years ago when i started playing again i wouldn't picture i wouldn't have thought to play with paul right he was in colorado so it's yeah it's cool right let's do a cheers to happiness 
laughter, love to the next 10 years with family, with friends, with Polo Cross, without Polo Cross, the best 10 years that could ever exist. I feel like we're both in a place in our lives now where we're kind of settled right we finally have like we can see where we're going to be in 10 years right whereas 10 years ago we would have never thought we would be where we are today there's at least hopefully hopefully life won't take any huge twists or turns there's been a lot of changes like, yeah i feel like we're finally moving forward in a direction confidently that we want to be in yeah all right cheers have a good night Love you. <laughs> Love you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. The sense of pride and joy I have when discussing our history and my family is huge. I hope that you can get a glimpse into our tightly knit world and also appreciate the sense of loss I have for losing a mother like ours. In this next chapter of our lives, so many new and different happy memories will come. Let's all appreciate the goodness in our lives and smile towards the future. Cheers. Here on Chugga Talk, we appreciate your feedback. Have you enjoyed the show? Do you have questions or comments? Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. For a chance to be featured on the show, leave a voicemail by finding the Send Voicemail sidebar button on PoloCrossMadeSimple.com. For more Polacross coaching, go to PoloCrossMadeSimple.com. You'll find ebooks on how to become a great player and even on how to become a great coach. Find me on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a good one.